people are playing chess on this ship. I think you underestimate how boring it is in space. <laughs> no, you have a holodeck. <laughs> Captain Spot, Stardate 802623.1. Welcome aboard the Starships Enterprise, and thank you for joining us as we take a brief shore leave from the world of cinema scenes to explore the universe of Star Trek. I'm your Captain Ian Whittington, and with me, as always, they call her the Dancing Ambassador. It's Danae! The Dance Ambassador. The Dance Ambassador? That's yeah. the, twer the Twerk Ambassador? It's a, it's a working title. I like how you say with me as always, but then I haven't actually been on the show for <laughs> like two weeks. And I was like, don't be mean. Don't be mean. <laughs> it's still as always. How are you doing? How has your break from the ship been? You've been you've been off ship for three weeks. Yes, I have been off ship for a few weeks. I've really enjoyed um the Twitter madness. Like which what I mean by that is the few people that interact on Twitter, um, when Ian will make an announcement that we're not doing a live show, they're like, What the fuck, you guys? Fuckers, Pull your what shit are you doing? Feral phases. Good, you're all you're a mess. Get your act together. And just like gifts everywhere of like disappointment and you are mm -hmm. no longer part of the family or one of the force or yeah. And to that I have a song. Oh no. And that's my song. That really just encompasses how I feel. Mm -hmm. And if um, you play it backwards, it's actually the the entirety of the Old Testament played at seven times speed. No, 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 no. I mean, yes. But then also <laughs> it's an actual explanation as to like how unwell I have been. And don't you all feel like shit now yeah. that I was not feeling well. For making and you're her just feel like, guilty. Yeah, how dare... I wasn't feeling guilty. I'm fine. No, she's good. Okay, this week, to get back into the groove of things, we have two episodes until we start covering season two of Strange New Worlds as it lands. So, this week, we're just going to have a little bit of fun. And I say fun, because it's going to be fun, Ambassador, even though a wedding is involved in this episode. You will what? like it better than the last wedding episode we covered, I promise. It's been a couple weeks. I've had I've had a, a little bit of off. time to have a little palate cleanser. How how was everybody's reaction to me not liking the character that they liked so much? As usual, I got slammed for introducing you to the wrong episode. But you didn't pick the episode. The audience did. I didn't did. pick the episode, but I put it out there. I shouldn't <laughs> okay. have even put it out there as like an a option. temptation. Like, yeah, exactly. Oh, so okay. So it's like if you know that Danae hates mushrooms and you put mushrooms out as an option, don't be surprised if the audience picks mushrooms. As kind of lessons were learned. Exactly. So I don't know that people expected me to not like this character, though. No, people did not. But they also they also acknowledge that this is a terrible episode for that character as well. This is okay. a terrible way to introduce you to Jadzia. Okay. So I wasn't way off. Like my reaction wasn't no, she's a dick in this okay. episode yeah she's an okay. absolute dick yeah completely completely agree so we're going way way safe now we're going to go back to tng we're going back to the happy place this episode is called data's day ambassador give us a big prediction for the episode and then an oddly specific prediction and maybe this week we'll remember to review them Okay, so we know that there's a wedding in this episode. So I'm going to say that this is the episode where, let's see, my very specific detail is what I'm going to do first. And this mm -hmm. is this is going to be the wedding of, shit, what's his name? Beamer guy. <laughs> Beamer guy? I genuinely haven't got a fucking clue what, you're, what you mean. He's always the one that beams people. O'Brien? 
Yeah. Yeah, there we go. Okay. When you said <laughs> BMO, I thought you meant BMW because that's what we call BMWs in England, oh. Beamers. Yeah, those Nobody are in space drives now. a BMW. <laughs> Okay, so it's okay. Beamer Guy's wedding. That's uh-huh. my very specific. No, 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 no. That's my broad stroke. Okay. My very specific is that somebody is allergic to shellfish. <laughs> Good. And that that's part of what was is served at the at the dinner. Uh, no, some... no, 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 no. That's way too. That's way too that's normal. Great. No, no. This is going to be like. So there's going to be a wedding, and then something terrible happens, and Data's got to save the day so that they can have their wedding. So I'm thinking it's something to do with like, um, like, yeah, maybe everybody gets po- like food poisoning because there's something wrong with the le- replicators. Uh, the replicators have accidentally got like a bacterial strain thing going on. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, it, that's 100% a Star Trek plot. That is. Is it? A, abs- no, it happens in Voyager. Yeah. It's absolutely a plot. That, it's not a wedding, but yeah, that would not surprise me. A bacterial strain getting into the replicators. Yeah, 100%. Well, that's not in this episode. I guess I know that's not going to happen. <laughs> it might. Shit. I'm just okay. saying it also happens elsewhere. Okay. So, so okay. I'll, I'll do a different one then. <clears throat> all the doors get locked. <laughs> Nobody can get to the wedding because all the doors aren't working. And no one wants to crawl through a Jeff- Jeffrey's tube in a wedding gown. You know, you nobody. You remember Jeffrey's tube. I'm very But proud. also, that's just the strangest thing I always remember. But also, there are no wedding dresses unless they have them replicated. So, uh-huh. so then they, since they can't get into the right rooms and everyone's separated and they're trying to figure out how to get back together, Data, the only one, you know, that's out for some reason, probably because Spot got out and he went chasing after Spot, you know? <laughs> yeah, that happens. And then, and then, you know, the, the, they can't get everybody in the same space. They're all crawling through Jeffrey. It's like hamsters in the big rodent maze of your house. Uh, and then at the very, very end, they've run out of time. They just have to get married. So... No wedding dress, no tux, no party, just the love of friendship there in 10 forward. I don't think we need to watch the episode. You've done it. Congrats. Yay! Let's go to the live show. <laughs> well, with that, let's keep that prediction in mind. And we will see you in 10 forward for a full debrief after we've watched the episode. Two to beam to the holodeck. <laughs> and a duck. Where did that come from? Where did that duck come? Who put don't this duck Don't ask questions. Here? Don't ask Who questions. Who left this duck in the transporter room? Welcome to 10 Forward, the part of the show where we grab a drink from the replicator and share our immediate thoughts and feelings on the episode we just watched together. Most important question first, what would you like from the replicator? Danae. Mm, whatever it is, I want it to be in whatever glass Worf decided to pick as his wedding present, which they didn't fucking show us. <laughs> nope, and you know, his little like his little upward raised lip whenever he looked at all of the glassways, like, this is shit. This is the most bullshit presents I've ever seen. Whatever it is, it's got to be in a wharf glass. That's all. I would like to replicate the thing that they used in the salon to change that lady's hair. So just immediately oh. change my hair color, drop of a hat, however I want. <sighs> it's so easy. It makes me wonder why she even needed to go to the barbers for it. Like, just do that shit in your quarters in the mirror. Yeah. If it's that convenient, you should be able to change it like you change your like your shirt or whatever. I agree completely. Amazing. And that's the whole point of the show. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Captain's Pod, Barbara everybody. Trek. Bye. Let's go. Okay, give us a synopsis today. God, fuck. Okay. <laughs> In this episode, we take a deep dive into the day with Data, where we 
peep in on his private conversations with a psychopath named Maddox, who he, for some reason, is still talking to. You remembered who it is? Yay! Hey, Maddox, it's nice to talk to you. No, it's not! Thanks for trying to take me apart that one time and denying my rights as an as a sentient being. Um, on this particular XOXO. day, we have a birth, a death, possibly a mysterious death, a mystery to solve, a, a wedding, a wedding canceled, a wedding back on, dance lessons, dinnerware lessons, and more. Most importantly, we learn that the bridge lights can be dimmed. Mm, we just choose not. I mean, we learned that in generations as well, because they just keep them permanently dimmed. But yes, there is a night shift. Great synopsis. That's awesome. So what did you feel about the episode? We're, we're coming off of a sketchy wedding episode. We're going into something I hope is a better version of how to do a wedding episode in some ways. I think so. I liked it. What did you think, Ambassador? Overall thoughts and feelings. I fucking loved it. Yeah, you did. Oh, Woo! my God. This was such a fun episode. <laughs> vindication there are some things i don't like about it which oh, is yeah. true for everything yeah. and we'll get to the sins of the show for sure but there are just there are still things that i probably will just talk about in general that i didn't enjoy yeah. mm -hmm. but for the most part i thought it was a really clever way to kind of do um and you guys know i love data to do a little bit more of a character study on this character which this episode would have been a really good one to have when we were doing our uh data run before correct and as i said um whenever we last recorded it was really high up on my list the only reason it wasn't in there was because of the marriage stuff and i, I know your feelings about weddings and all of that like blah, 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 blah. so I, I just i shunted it away but you're right it's an outstanding character study of data and how he interacts with the main cast as well it's a great introduction to data yeah, there's some things and it was really clever about it too is for someone maybe that's trying to kind of figure out like the the clever things that they did in this one is, is everything's from Data's perspective. So him talking about his relationship with Riker or Worf or Jordy or Troy or Captain Picard, it's putting it into this perspective of like, I have a very unique relationship with Worf because we're both, you know, um, orphans that were kind of adopted by humanity, but we still don't fit in. So it was a reminder about a little of Worf's story and a little bit of Data's story and what brings them together. Or Data just saying things about emotion, wishing that he had an intuition because he knows that Vulcans tell the truth. So he would walk away from a Vulcan conversation just kind of like, oh, that was interesting rather than that was an intuitive kind of moment. So he he has like interpersonal perspectives and he's mm -hmm. just kind of giving a log, but he's only doing it because he wants to give Maddox information about how uh, Android is attempting to sort of create this database of handling the human experience mm -hmm. so would he even be writing this stuff down so intently without having a need to talk to maddox probably not he mm. would just be running all this stuff in a his million you know, times computer a system. yeah yeah but instead he's kind of penning it and then we're getting a peek into that and this episode does a really interesting kind of run through a day in the life of because there's so much that can happen and it's kind of referenced a couple different times in the episode like how many things can happen on the starship in just one day let alone I think it's like the 1,550th day that it's been out as well. Yeah, so there's, it's like three and a half years. Yeah, Yeah. so they're like doing this sort of, there's a lot that happens on a ship and you're just seeing this tiny little glimpse uh, of the day-to-day -day life, but it was still an adventure. We still had a mystery to solve, solve. We still had things going on the ship. There was still interpersonal relationship building. We still got to see pretty much the entire cast, which is always fun when you get mm -hmm. to see a little bit of everyone. 
there's this particular moment when Data enters the bridge and passes by Riker. And the shot kind of, I think, starts on Riker as he's sort of animatedly telling the story. Just fucking everyone in sight. <laughs> that's, a, that's a different show. <laughs> no, this happens. This is Riker. Riker's so like, you know, Rikering all over everyone. He's, he's Rikering. I think his leg is hiked up too. Who knows? But uh, Data is saying like, I, uh, how charismatic he is and everything. And it just sort of fades Riker's audio out and then ramps back in the narration mm. from Data's perspective. So for a split second, it kind of looks like we're transitioning to a different person, but it's because Data's walked in. And I thought that was a clever use of like the camera angles and the audio engineering. Mm-hmm. Um, I never once got bored watching it. There's a couple scenes that was like rolling my eyes really hard. Uh-huh. And I bet you can imagine which one since, you know, of my course. feelings on the wedding stuff from the 90s apparently yeah, huh? <laughs> he's not a fan no um but yeah it was interesting i liked it what about you like so how many times have you watched this episode this like- is one of my go-to episodes oh, okay. i despite the wedding stuff data is pure freaking magic he's just and this is such an interesting way to tell a tng story as well because it's so formulaic it is one of the reasons i love the show is that it's so comfortable every episode you kind of know the structure this is one of the few episodes, like Cause and Effect, that throw that stru- throws that structure away a little bit and does something interesting. So we're telling... It's very unique to have a story, an entire episode told from the point of view of one person. And this is... There is an A-plot here, what the A-team are doing, like Lower Decks, that we only get little snippets of. And it is such an incredible, such an incredible tension driver to just dip in to this main important bit of the story with the Romulans and Ambassador Tapel, and then get chucked out of it into the whimsical stuff like Data Dancing. And how this episode manages to find that balance is, I don't know how it finds it's that really balance good. so well. It's it's just it's a perfectly we talk about food a lot. It's a perfectly well balanced three course meal of a nice introduction. A beefy beefy meaty menu and then a nice sweet treat at the end it just pulls everything together so well and some dramatic shit happens in this episode which could just be a throwaway o'brien and keiko get married nonsense data does dancing episode no it chucks in this undercurrent of deep shit as well um it's why Uh, i come back to it over and over and over again it's so such a well-told story a federation spy they do so much in this one episode thank you a romulan patriot (laughs) Yeah, wait, Romulan spy, not a federation. A Romulan yeah. masquerading as a federation. Yeah. Romulan patriot but, yeah, masquerading as a spy in the federation. <laughs> and such a such a light little thing. You know, that's mm. sort of like the... It's almost like the wedding is the big dessert at the end, but that piece for me was really interesting. That must have been, I don't know, the big steak part before you get to the... before Because there was so much packed into that. They they have threaded together everything really cleverly as well. Mm-hmm. Yes, the wedding kind of kicks it off, which creates the conversation with so-and-so, which creates the conversation with so-and-so, and it gives them a reason to interact later on. But they never stay too much inside of one thing. And to me, it didn't seem like they forced it too much either. No. Even the, the hints at the spy. You're kind of like going, is this a Vulcan sort of vibe? Is there something going on? The music is telling us that something is up, but maybe mm-hmm. it's not. And so it has that nice little mystery to it. So for those of us that get really bored with wedding preparation, um, <laughs> there was something else kind of it's happening It's a big old there. reward, isn't it? To, don't worry, this isn't just a wedding episode. Like, this is really important. And it's a mystery that gives you the puzzle pieces, but it doesn't slap you in the face with the answer either. I remember 
not guessing that she was a spy. Like, the data request from Data is sketchy, but it wasn't enough to make me think Romulan spy. Um, it's just a, an incredible multi-layered twist that they figure out the Romulans have beamed her, that she hasn't died in a transporter accident, which we all know, but you think that she's just been kidnapped, but then the this is how you do a twist. It's like, yeah, she has been kidnapped mm -hmm. on purpose. Yeah, that was so really great. the reveal of her walking out and she's back in her Romulan gear. Mm -hmm. But also the fumbling of Data, the intellect of Data as he is going about everything he's doing the way that he knows how. Data doesn't get embarrassed. And I love that about mm. his character. He makes so many mistakes in this episode according to like human <laughs> elements you know he keiko has made a decision that will improve her happiness i have good news she's cool yes, off the wedding which is great i loved that part great logic but even how he approaches trying to correct her he wasn't saying you're wrong he was saying you're yeah. wrong because your logic is wrong let's get to that point still you don't have to get married but like let's talk about why you delayed it and i loved that approach to it too but even in not disclosing that the dance for was for a wedding and not for Hilarious. like this. so these he kind of fumbles his way through and he's childlike which i love um and unapologetic but also trying to figure out when he should apologize and what that means to him for his system to run more properly he wants to correct his his programming rather than it being like yeah, rewrite the subroutine because he opens the episode by saying, I've created a program that will help me to predict how my friends are going to react to certain things. Super confident this is going to work. This is going to go great. It's, yeah. And, and immediately he he's fails. like, I think I'm going to have to rewrite <laughs> this program immediately. But they all tolerate it and they are they challenged him by it. him yeah. too, which is really neat. But then it's the same balance of that. So on the other spectrum of that, he is such a trusted member of the crew to be able to go and solve this problem. So yes, he's a bumbling, fumbling child that's making mistakes, but he's also an incredibly valuable crew member that solves a massive problem yeah. like quickly. So he is to be feared and he's to be respected and he's to be entertained. Like and we can be entertained by him. Yeah. yeah. So he's just a great character. One of the, one of my favorite characters to ever watch and this was a perfect reminder about him and i would say if anyone ever wants to see a data episode this does a really good job of it because even introducing characters that you might not know like Riker or troy mm -hmm. the way that the writers narrated it in like troy is a mystery to me and i don't really understand her because yes. she uses emotion so it's still giving the viewer the bits of information they need to have a real quick synopsis of who this character is and it also takes you around the ship it takes you around the crew and it introduces some of the other parts to it too. I mean, like even Picard is this like powerful mystery in this one. He's not the central character. He's the one that is secretive and having these private conversations and then making really big moves at the end. So I think this is a really good episode to introduce someone to TNG. I, I don't think know you're what right. I think. I hadn't thought of it that way. You would think that the character, the individual focused ones wouldn't be so good but you do get a great tour of the ship great explanation of the characters Riker being the confident charismatic first officer um tension with the Romulans you get some outside real world stuff Vulcans like how Vulcans are as a, a race and how data relates to that Geordie being his best friend transporters being murder machines it really has everything it kind of covers does it all more. yeah and it it's does really it in great. a way that, and it has the humor in it. I mean, yes. that dance scene with Beverly is a dream. It is. Right? 
when I made the final decision of do I show Danae this episode, it hinged on the Dancing Doctor sequence because <laughs> that, it stands out in my head so much. Data doing the running man, them dancing oh backwards and forwards, God. the clever overhead shots um, of them dancing like in a circle, Data's goofy grin. He's just like, I am now prepared to dance at the wedding. And Beverly's like, whoa, 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 whoa. No, hey, whoa, context, whoa. buddy. Why did you tell me that? <laughs> But it all starts with him saying, I would like you to teach me to dance. And she's like, no, you get in my office right now. I'm not going to be known as the dancing doctor anymore. This is the data dancing episode, right? <sighs> this is, it is. It, when Data's you said it's dance. a wedding episode, I did not expect that. And mm -hmm. um, though we, we try not to reference the chat too much during the uh, actual show, I have to do a shout out for Sarah Superior, who was like adamant. <laughs> it's not this is not a wedding episode. And I agree completely with Sarah. It isn't though. This it's isn't about, a, no, I mean, it's there's not. a wedding in uh -huh. there's a wedding in it. It's, it's just not as about much a transporter fail episode. It's just as it. much a neutral zone episode. The wedding is such a small part of it, and thank God. The wedding is the medium by which everything else happens. This is uh this is more than that. This is definitely mm -hmm. Data's episode. This is not a wedding episode. But this is the thing that and if I was gonna make a comparison between TNG and DS9, is that TNG is great at using things as an allegory and as a launching point. So the wedding here is the launching point for all of this other interpersonal stuff that happens. DS9 was so stuck in Worf and Jadzia's arc that it became all about their arc and that really deep personal stuff between them and like setting up the law of Klingon weddings and all of that stuff, which kind of embodies what DS9 does. DS9 does the long distance arc stuff, the the really detailed stuff. TNG was all about metaphors and allegories and the human experience and how we use space and sci-fi to explore that stuff. Yeah. Um I think before we go on from like the dancing scene. No, let's let's stay in it for the next hour and a half. We have to also mention that dress. Which one? Holy shit. Oh, the one of the holographic the v, lady? The uh huh. The plunging oh my v. god. That uh -huh. dress needs to be on a runway Back somewhere. Dimples. Yeah. I mean, we saw some interesting clothing, but that one was sheer on the bottom, long sleeves, but you could mm -hmm. still see through. And then it just slowly turns. And I think we're supposed to be looking for Data's smile, which is <laughs> definitely there. But I'm just like, how far down does this dress go? Mm -hmm. And it goes down a long, long ways. It, and it, it was goes. gorgeous. It is. Data's smile is exactly the smile I would be having. <laughs> I hope not. Because it's like borderline <laughs> the creepiest thing I've ever seen. It's, it's but it's so funny. Gag. It's such a great gag. Oh, my gosh. So refined. And he's just like. <laughs> I love it. And it's just like Gates McFadden dancing is so fun. What a, It's just a clever way to introduce her into this story as well. Who? Gates, sorry, Beverly. Gates McFadden. That's the actor that oh, plays Beverly. Oh, you mean Beverly. like to, to make her relevant in the story besides yes. the fact that she's doing the autopsy of um, yes, blood spatter? Uh, exactly. <laughs> the, mm, mm -hmm, the, the dusted Vulcan. Um, yeah, it's, it's so fun to see her get some meat on the bone and something to do with Data. Just her charisma in that whole... I want her to teach me how to tap dance. I really do. It's <laughs> so fun. It's so great. And the fact that Data... Like, it's great logic that... He's great at tap dancing, but as soon as he has to make eye contact, he's like, I can't, I need to see your feet in order to <laughs> do this. Learn. Yeah, I've got some sense so for clever. that moment, but that was really clever. Mm -hmm. And it was just fun, too, because you know that these uh, these two are actually tap dancing. Like, that wasn't a body double, right? There was a body. So for the overhead shots, Data the is a body shots. double. Yeah. 
But okay. I had to look so, so hard. And I caught it in one, in like three frames, you can see. But they frame it so naturally and so cleverly, you barely notice um, that it's not Brent Spiner. Uh, it, let's see. Crusher tap dancing featured a dancer double for data only. Mm-hmm. Gates yeah. McFadden is an accomplished tap dancer and did all her own work. Correct. Tap the dancer, of- puppeteer, puppet maker. She's incredible. Yeah, and in the chat, it was mentioned, which we'll get to in the end, um, I guess, uh, choreographed Labyrinth as well, according she to did. the chat. She did. Which is one of my favorite, and I actually have a poster that I just got. Yeah, you do. Of the Labyrinth, because it's one of my favorite. I'm going to hang it up on the wall right there. It's going to replace my face, because that's right, podcast listener. I have a poster <gasps> on my wall of my own head. Yeah, you do. Why <laughs> well, wouldn't you? I mean, come it's on. It's also Aaron Dicer and Jonathan Watkins from when we launched the uh, TV Sins channel together. Beautiful. Yeah. So um, let's go through some other stuff that you absolutely loved about the episode. Mm. Give me some moments. Okay, I will. I think I kind of went over everything. What about you? Like, did I miss something? Can you think of something that I didn't cover? Um, just there's some moments that I really love. Um, and this is kind of this relates back to how you said that Data is allowed to be a bumbling idiot and make mistakes with his friends and he's like, he's safe. And he's, my hair does not require trimming, you lunkhead. And Jordy's like, say what now? What? My hair does not require trimming, you lunkhead. I, it's so rare that you hear like any kind of anything nasty come out of Data's voice that it just, it catches me off guard every time. It just, it cracks me up. It's a great bit of humor. And then Jordy is like, just don't do that to the captain. Oh man, I would I would have loved it. I just ooh, I would have loved that. Um, there's a really, really cool moment where Data is so Picard and Tapel have asked Data to analyze the ships along the neutral zone to analyze um what the Romulans are doing. And then Picard orders a change of course to the neutral zone. And Data narrates to himself i'm glad that i don't have um feelings because a sudden course change to the neutral zone would make me nervous and he's tapping his fingers and then he looks down at them and like he doesn't realize he's doing it and just imagine the trip of working out what is programming what has evolved what has he learned to do is he imitating people like, is he just emulating nerves? Is is this a genuine feeling that he's having? There is so much in that loaded look at his own involuntary tapping that I'm I'm blown away by. Even in 2023, I'm blown away by the little subtle nods and just how well they understood what they were doing with data. Yeah, that was really powerful because it's right in the foreground. And he just kind of barely glances down. His fingers just tap, 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 tapping. And then just Ner- which we it. would interpret as nervously but like mm-hmm. you said what is it because he seems surprised that it was a automated reaction so maybe his programming is mimicking his in- environment a little bit and maybe mm-hmm. he can take cues from his body doing things because of the programming as a sign that something else is kind of going on I love so it. yeah i did i really liked um that part i also loved that moment when there was the standoff between picard and the romulan ambassador at the end mm. when he's talking about poker and he's just looking back and forth between oh. the monitor on screen and picard just like and the the way that this is shot it removes the intensity of the standoff a little bit and mm. turns it onto this child watching in awe of these two giants standing off. Like it's the machine observing the what's happening in front mm-hmm. of them. 
you know, rather than it being like this scared, like, oh, what's going to happen? It's yeah. just like this observation of, of the standoff. And I loved how that was written. I it's it's beautiful, and I don't think it happens today. I haven't re I can't think of another example of this because when you get these kind of episodes, usually usually in the finale, we'll shift out of gear away from data because I think the writers might be scared of losing the impact of that moment and being like, "This is really dramatic. I want to sit in this," and you kind of forget the premise of the episode. This never forgets the premise, and even in that super dramatic moment, we put the brakes on, we go back into data's mind. And he talks us through what he's thinking. And it's such a brave move to trust that we'll keep the tension of the moment, we'll still be invested. And, and it's not like with some throwaway bad guy. This is with the Romulans. This is a big thing. But we're still sticking to the concept of this is Data's day. This is his point of view. What is Data thinking in the moment? And on top of that, the Feder the, uh, Starfleet loses this one. It's so fun. The Enterprise is outnumbered, outmaneuvered, They've fallen for every trick that the Romulans sat for them. This is an ambassador that has been a diplomat for decades and has now been reunited with the Romulans. Like, this is a huge, huge blow. Um, now, obviously, it's TNG, so we forget about it next episode, but <laughs> it's so rare to see us lose, and they lose in this episode. It's so well, fun. it's a huge blow, but it's also really clever because if Picard had left, then the narrative would have been that Starfleet fucked it up fucked it up or deliberately and fucked it up the romulans could have used it as a reason to incite uh -huh. war but picard usurps this by finding out the truth so yes they lose but they also leave knowing and having proof mm -hmm. that the they didn't kill anybody and there's not a reason for war so if there's going to be a war it's going to be for different terms and and yes they got away with information that they obviously didn't want them to have but at the same time um, it also calls into question some of Data stuff. Like Data was like curious about it, but I think the protocol would have indicated like there's no one that would have believed that Data had a reason to, you know, because because like when she when she brings him in and says something about yes. tell me about tell me about your shit, and he's like, I mean, I can, but I have protocol too, and then the ambassador backs off. But it it was so well done that I didn't know for sure. No, nope. besides the music telling me, mm -hmm. you know, that there was something a bit nefarious going on because from that Vulcan sort of direct communication style, she says that she was testing him mm -hmm. and testing their security and that it was fine and you may leave. And she's so strong. Like the actor doesn't even give any indication, like emote wise, yep. that there's Just anything like going on. The That's only it. clue we have is the music. Mm -hmm. So what did you think about that moment with, with Dave? Because this fascinates me. Because as he leaves Tapel's quarters... He's like, I often wish that I had intuition because factually I have to believe that she's telling the truth because Vulcans can't lie. Mm -hmm. But there is something strange about all of this. So what did you what did you feel about that moment? Because I'm just like, Data, you have intuition. Like you have it. Like you there is something inside you that that you know isn't right, but you can't put your finger on it. Like he's accidentally defining what intuition is. I almost had that as a sin. Uh, because let's say that he's thinking that in the moment and logging it for his log later, he has an intuition because he has something suspicious. But if the show is saying that this narration is a reflection on his day and he's doing it in retrospect, he's doing it in uh, reflecting on his day, then he has information he wouldn't have had in the moment. Because 
upon reflection, mm. he might go, oh, well, that could have been a sign, but I really didn't have anything else to go off of. Maybe if I was a human, I would have my intuition. So it's a little bit on the fence for me because it depends on when he says that. If he's actually saying it in the moment as he's walking out the door, then I think that he has intuition. If he's saying it upon reflection, I don't think he does. Well, it's an interesting point because uh, right at the start of the episode, he starts his log to Maddox and explains his program and then when it his new program for predicting stuff and then when it goes wrong with o'brien he says i guess on reflection i need to redo my rethink my programming so that makes me think that he's writing this log in the moment which if this was a human i would be sinning but i think because data can do so many things at once i think he is writing this log in the second as things are happening and then he probably like edit it edits it down so it isn't a ten thousand word essay um but uh, yeah so i I think he's doing it all in the moment is what i would get because he's an android and he can focus on more than one thing at once yeah then i think that there's something that he could have you know done to follow protocol but maybe in his mind you know he's evolving that protocol to say this is intuition my Mm -hmm. finger was tapping because something was indicating that there was something new going on like There's enough going on that's just a little bit wonky. But, you know, he's also in a situation at the end where he says, Picard, I give him an X amount of percent chance that he's going to go chase after this guy, even though protocol would say don't do it. Yeah, I love that. 17% chance. Yeah, so so he's like, he knows, Data knows that um, not everything is something that you should follow a protocol Mm -hmm. on. So it's tricky. I don't know. But I did that did that moment stuck out to me, too, that he was saying, I wish I had intuition. It's like, well, you're talking about it. So you, you kind of do. Yeah. The, the <laughs> fact that, that you're questioning her is a little bit of intuition. But again, it's, it's a hard thing to define. Did you also like I like the bit of the tech talk this time, too. Can I tell you why? Oh, tell me. I feel like the moment when they go and they look at the transporter and they're going and they're using all the tech talk about, well, this is why. I'm confused why this has happened because Mm. this was on, this was on, and this was on. So everything should be working fine. This coil was just changed. Everyone's in there like talking so casually about someone who was just murdered, by the way. (laughs) I guess that's probably more of a sin. No emotions. (laughs) Just like very factual. Well, this happened. Which when O'Brien comes over the speakers and says, "Uh, yeah, I'm losing a signal here. And oh, shit, she's dead. You know, that was like, oh, bug. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then you go there, there's like a little spatter of goo Ooh. on there and everything. Transporters so I kinda, it up again. <laughs> the way that they talked about it, though I may have a plebeian Star Trek mind compared to most Star Trek fans, I was kind of following along. Like, yeah, that makes sense to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so... <laughs> Even though it's all just made up. Let me just, let me just refer back to my <laughs> transporter degree that I have. Yeah, this tricks out. That all makes sense. I, I find that to be a bit impressive that whatever they're writing, I'm like, yeah, I can see how that makes sense. <laughs> I can see that malfunctioning and I understand why they're confused about this. Yeah. You know what? I would be baffled too in this situation. <laughs> It just seemed like they thought it through really I think that's well. a testament to it. It's not just throw out the techno babble. It's how would O'Brien be addressing this? How would we be analyzing it? And then overlay the bits of missing missing wordage. So yeah, yeah. I it is it is genuinely an art form. The techno babble is an art form. And I like the mo like again, we get to see this love of like um Sherlock Holmes that data yes. kind of pulls Great out. Callback. You see them moving very quickly from scene to scene. Think about how much we saw in this episode, Mm -hmm. how many scenes they had to shoot to edit it together to feel so seamless that during this whole like investigation, they're not shooting one 
conversation in a room somewhere to encompass Mm -hmm. the entirety. They're not doing a debrief and then asking us to fill in the blanks with our imaginations. They're showing us Data and O'Brien running the transporter stuff and all of these scenes had to be shot and then put together and editing. And that, I think that's one of the reasons I really love this episode so much is because we saw a lot and it was such really a variety. juicy. We go to the Arboretum yeah. with all of like the, the, the forest and so stuff. Pretty. It's gorgeous. The hairstylist thing you mentioned, that was yeah. super fun. Like in the background, you've got this person with their hair chain. That was so fucking cool. Like- it was incredible. It was such a great- <laughs> I still don't know how they did that. I don't know how they did that in 19... 19- uh, 1990. In 1890, yeah, we had to paint every frame with tiny <laughs> specks that were Literally. gotten from grinding flowers to a small pulp and drying it in the sun for four weeks. Yeah. <clears throat> anyway, the point That's was <laughs> the point was um, data goes through this like Sherlock Holmes esque sort of investigation, mm-hmm. which is right up his alley. We get to see his passion and his excitement, and then he has that great quote that says like, "Once you've eliminated the impossible." Whatever remains, however improbable, must be the truth, I think mm-hmm. is the, it was yep. the quote. And that's, that's really fun because then you get to see this truth, which is she's not dead. She was taken off. And so yeah. then he goes and he looks for the next thing where there like, was a transporter. Talking about three transporter beams, two of which have been manufactured to look like a Federation uh, Starfleet tractor beam is really unlikely. However, yeah, okay, it's all that's left. We've ruled out everything else. However, if you're going to go for gold, this is the moment. Because if the Romulans had had what they wanted, it would have come across that the Enterprise people killed the ambassador that mm-hmm. was still considered to be Federation. Which and they know the isn't Romulans, true. Mm-hmm, and the Romulans would have the juice that they need for war and they'd have back their sister. So it was the time to do something really, really tricky and improbable and difficult but they almost pulled it off mm-hmm. if data hadn't been on board i think they may have gotten away with it oh, too. i think so as well or they would have found out six months later like geordie would have been like well shit <laughs> i figured it out um but there is man one of my biggest regrets of this episode is that we don't see alan scarf more who is admiral mendak um he appears in an episode of voyager and he plays someone else in tng but this this romulan admiral his deadpan delivery of every give me gives me chills every time he's like sinister as fuck he's like it's just clear this this was not an accusation i salute your show of strength i know and the way he he, like he spells out starfleet's plan was like well played picard it was worthy of a romulan like i believe him i believe that he is like indignant and that he's actually proud but a little bit offended as well that he's been outmaneuvered like it, what an what an incredible Romulan, and he's barely in the episode. And we got to see a decloaking warbird, yeah. and we heard that there's three more coming, yeah. and Picard's like, let's get the fuck out of here, and then they some do. Days the bear, some days you get the bear, some days the bear gets you. Which is the dumbest thing ever, but anyway. We'll, um, <laughs> then we move into uh, the end of the episode of the wedding, and Picard talks about, like, since the days of the wooden ships and such, and then mm. it cuts over to a surprising moment for me when he goes and visits the baby. What did you think yes. about that? Um, context is really, really important. So, yes, I, I, from what we know about Picard, it would be like, you don't like kids. What, what the hell are you playing at? What are you doing? This is overly sincere. This is season four, episode 11. So the, the, the first episode of this season is the, um, the conclusion to Best of Both Worlds. 
And then the episode after that, he goes back to Earth to spend time with his family and reconnect after being assimilated by the Borg. So he's just been through this hugely traumatic experience. He's reconnected with his brother, created oh. a relationship there, okay. and kind of rekindled a relationship with his nephew as well. From season four onwards, this is where we begin to see Picard, as much as TNG does this kind of stuff, we see him develop into tolerating kids and even seeing their value and evolving. So season four onwards is where you see a lot more Picard depth. It gave me Picard season three vibes in a good way. Yeah. There's that moment, you know, in Picard season three where Beverly and Picard go to sickbay to check in on Jack. Mm. And we talked about when we watched that episode, how it felt like Picard was sort of going to see the birth of his son for the first time because Jack hadn't woken up or whatever. And it was just this really powerful kind of like, moment where he gets to see the first breath of of jack you yeah. know and then so now we're in we're in sick bay and he's looking at a baby and now you can see a lot of the emotion in his eyes and the idea was something so like while the world how did he say it i think i wrote it down it's something like while we were near a facing oblivion destruction this small yeah. at the same happening. time we faced destruction this miracle was taking place yeah. and this is one line it's 20 seconds of screen time and it didn't have to be in this episode at all for it to make nope. sense. And yet they put it in there to give a little bit of um, gro like character growth to Picard, a little mental check-in, I guess, a little wink and nod to, I suppose, like just how precarious life is on a starship. Mm -hmm. And that he's this little kid is so oblivious. And then he says, welcome aboard. And I was like... My heart. What a, what is this episode? It has everything. <laughs> right? <laughs> it's just missing a poker game, but poker was actually mentioned. So yes. what a, why is this the perfect TNG episode? Am I forgetting something? Like, is there another episode? I don't know. I think this is number one. I, I man, I am I am gonna tear up. That's amazing. You're right. It it really, really does have everything. And it even though it you even have it has warf on the bridge giving yes. control back to data which uh -huh. means we got to see wharf in control of the fucking ship the captain's chair yeah and we didn't go to war i mean come on he didn't he would have shot the romulans immediately he'd be like hey <laughs> yeah. give us back the ambassador just <laughs> <laughs> jet out of there shields up let's go separate the ship uh no you're right it's it's a, it is an outstanding episode and it often gets for me sometimes gets put into the bucket of whimsical episodes but you're right it has so much in there so much um so much of what we love about tng the dna that just goes all the way through it it's just interesting that it's framed like no other TNG episode. It has a different format to anything else that we've really seen. Um, yeah, and, I adore it. Well, yeah. And if you if you gauge the show by the final line that the writers give you, mm. which is oftentimes a really good way to sort oh, of know, yeah. what was the writer trying to say or the writers trying to say during the creation of this episode? Um, Data says, if, hum if being human is not about being born flesh and blood, but acting and feeling, I am hopeful that I'll find my own humanity. Mm -hmm. Something to that effect. And so once again, this is a data episode. This is it, about it is. data. Just don't forget that. It, oh, he says, until then, I will learn and change and grow and become more of what I am. How it's incredible. is that? It, we underestimate, uh, like everything everyone underestimates data and uh, so good. he underestimates it's just, himself. It's such a profound thought. If everybody... If every human on Earth was on the same journey that Data was on, we would all be better. We would all I, be yeah. better people. 
And this is why we're okay with AI assimilation. I really am. Like, if they're going to be like data, <laughs> let's freaking go. Uh, my final thought is just this shows how how so so many shows have done the android alien that doesn't understand humans or like the robot that like doesn't quite understand emotions and stuff tng does it better than any other show and this episode just kind of hits the nail on the head for me because data's questions always challenge everyone else to question why they do things as well so Mm -hmm. they question it makes Keiko question why she's acting the way she is, why O'Brien is getting angry. Um, Geordie is like, oh yeah, I guess I do rib people, but why was why was it inappropriate when Data did it, but it was fine when I was doing it to the barber? Like, and back in Descent, when Data feels his first emotion, and Geord- he's asking Geordie, how do you know when you feel things? And Geordie can't articulate it. He's just like, I just feel, I just get angry. And it just, it's so clever to not just patronize data and tell him how things should be, but use him as a way to tap into why we do the things we do and and how we've evolved this way. Uh, It's just really, really clever. Yeah. And it's hilarious. It really, it really is. And there's some things that they leave nebulous and then there's some things that they hit right on the head. For example, when data, this episode says that he's not mystified, like he is confused by a lot of emotion, but he's not mystified by the desire to be loved, which was to me another kind of point that the mm-hmm. show was making about like his evolution of this like he whole emotional thing. He wants to get married thing. someday. He would have a lot to give as a partner. What a cute He's not thought. wrong. He's not wrong. Data, He's great. run sub subroutine, clean my fucking house, and he'd be like, <laughs> "Got you, babe." Wow. wow. <laughs> and then it's just done. You know, like I take a nap, wake up. And the whole house is done because he's super efficient at it. And then we can just chill and play video games. And he's really good at them. And yeah, he, always he would kick your ass okay. at video games. You don't want to do that. <laughs> I mean, it's fine. You got to make him feel good somehow. You know what I that's mean? That's fair. I, but he doesn't feel. He, he'll be fine. He'll be happy he to clean feel. as that's long right. as that okay, serves okay. His, his function. Right. As long as I love him, mm-hmm. you know, because he understands the desire to be. Let, he gets that. Yeah, he yeah, gets that. We get this. We get this. Before we move on, I'm going to quickly address something that popped up in the chat. Josh Zero says, Ian, have you heard of Mr. Spock? And Mr. Spock is exactly who I was referring to in the other shows that don't do it as well as TNG. Mr. Spock is the robot that doesn't understand humans, but in TOS, they patronize the heck out of him and they don't often do it as a way to question themselves. They just kind of laugh at the alien that isn't quite human and they tend to be quite yes they use it as an exploration of why humans do the things they do but it's kind of like ha 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 isn't it funny that mr spock is so strange we love because we are humans and we feel and tos always felt a little bit superficial with it with data they i feel like they do so much more work and they end up questioning why they do things not just patronizing him and laughing at him take that tos with that any last thoughts before we go into the sins, Ambassador? Nope, I think I'm ready. Let's do it. Battle stations, everyone. Warning. Warp core collapse in 10 seconds. This is the part of the show where we re-engage our sin brains, remind ourselves that no TV shows without sin, even, you heard it here first, the best episode of Star Trek The Next Generation. <laughs> Ambassador, you first. Uh, Jordy gives shit to the barber about how bad he did, and then he won't stop moving while the barber's trying to cut his <laughs> fucking hair. Yeah, 
It's like Jordy, just be still, man. If you don't want your hair fucked up, don't don't be so (laughs) animated while you're talking to your buddy. Like you're fine, you can talk to somebody, but like he's literally like, I don't know, Dana. What do you think? (laughs) His head's just bobbing around. (laughs) Like you just gave this guy absolute shit about doing a bad job. (laughs) I do love how it's Jordy as well, the engineer who has to be really specific and just like you haven't calibrated my hair perfectly. It's such a, a great, although I mean, it's such a great person to have in the chair. But part of me really wanted riker in there and just like how precious he is about the riker helmet and, uh-huh. and his hair oh, would yeah. be beautiful or yeah. picard <laughs> like, you fucked up my haircut mott um so i wanted this is something this is very cathartic for me because this is something that has bugged me since the very first time i watched this episode it's when data is doing the rundown of everything that happens on the ship there is too much happening on the ship this is a ship of 1000 people a, a small village, a small amount of people. How how many places have two, two distinct separate chess tournaments? Separate. Why would 1,000 people need two different chess tournaments? How many people are playing chess on this ship? I think you underestimate how boring it is in space. <laughs> <laughs> no, you have a holodeck. It's, can you imagine, like... Springfield having two chess tournaments and there's like a hundred thousand people that live in Springfield. I've thought about this. I've been thinking about this a lot. Uh Okay. Beverly in this episode says computer run program, whatever. And then, you know, like the dance thing comes up and then she says to play a song or something. I just, I was thinking about this, like, unless you create your own holodeck somehow, there's probably just the same ones over and over again. Kind of like if you play fall guys, and you're just playing the same mm-hmm. things over and over again. And after you've been in space for years, you're probably sort of done with going to the watering hole. You know, you just and get bored of the holodeck. Are you kidding? No, I'm not. I, you I must think be that, kidding. I think it's more complicated than we like to think. I think that maybe there are some people who are really, really good at programming, you know, and they have these really fun program ideas that they put out there. And then people get in there and they just consume them. And then they're like, ah, I've already done that before. I've done that 17 times. Okay, okay. I'm going to blow your mind here. Imagine wild RP, but on the holodeck. Mm-hmm. You're going to get bored of that. Yeah, probably. But then the next RPG comes out, the next role-playing game, the next thing. This is why people play chess. Because <laughs> oh it's just the same as chess at the end of the day, you know. I'm, I'm, that sin stands. The, the <laughs> next part of that list is that there are four promotions. Four? That's an average day. Like I said, there are 1,000 people on the ship. Let's say 300 of them are family members, 700 are crew members. You're promoting four people every day. Yes. You're going to run out of promotions. But maybe You're have it's a because. 1,000 captains on board. It's not like they're going to get promoted to captain. They could be promoted from junior slop chopper at the 10 forward you know putting all the food on the sloppy plate okay i have a new punishment for anybody who misbehaves in the chat (laughs) you're gonna be junior slop dropper (laughs) to like senior slopper you know yeah nice that's technically a promotion you hit a ceiling at some point for a day is fucking insane but not if the enterprise gives out participation awards (laughs) it's a montessori starship like the little bitty kids (laughs) they get all their little promotions you know yeah. With the little badges or something. You turned up. <laughs> Yay. Wolf, you didn't kill anyone today. You didn't yeah. maim a single security yeah. officer. Well done. Well, I still think that list is meant to show us, meant to illustrate how big the ship is and overcooks 
how big the ship is and and it how what the population okay. is. Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Your maybe. Turn. Um. I mean, the wedding situation. Let's just talk about it. Mm-mm, everything. All of it. Once again, we are storytelling in a specific era, and there's a lot to be learned about the perception of marriage relationships. Mm-hmm power dynamics within relationships, purpose of getting married, how to talk about it. It all comes out in these mm, shows, movies, moments that we kind of get to go back and peek in on and be like, this Mm -hmm. is how this conversation went in 19 whatever. (laughs) I I genuinely, I think marriage has evolved more in the last 35 years than it has in the previous 300, genuinely. Well, it's to me, it's, it's the second time that this franchise has had a woman say, I don't want to get married. And then by the end of the episode, they're married. And this one didn't even give us the moment when Keiko realizes that she does want to get married. Mm -hmm. And it's indicated that maybe she was unhappy for other reasons, you know, besides just getting married. And so it's like, there's little places that our brains can go to try to create some sort of story Mm -hmm. as to why she flip-flops into marriage again not keiko's day okay (laughs) so i I just i would have a good time i think in this general area Mm -hmm. of her being like i'm unhappy i don't want to get married and then just try to find a way to just have fun with poking fun at how we talked about this kind of stuff in the 90s which it's hard to Mm -hmm. send a show for doing that because that's just kind of how conversations were approached it um, it, but... it is kind of painted as marriage is the goal um when does it have to be and you would hope that by the 2300s we can still get married if we want but it's not the be all and end all and it just i would hope it had a slight it was framed slightly more differently but the most problematic thing is crotchety old irishman o'brien who when he gets <laughs> the news he's just like of all the bejesus of all the ungrateful things i've ever heard she's such a childish brat and then just storms off to hit her with a potato i'm like do you want to be any more stereotypical i mean they have so many there's so many red flags here and let's just break down a couple of them they're not even talking to each other is the big one uh it's yeah. indicated like troy they're they're not speaking to each other keiko is sending data to talk to miles miles is sending data to talk to keiko mm-hmm. they're talking to the counselor who has basically saying we need to leave them alone to figure this out and then you have one character's like don't worry they're gonna get married don't don't you <laughs> I know you know, they're gonna get married mister fell in love with a hologram of a real person and then that real person finds out that he had an affair with a hologram version of themselves LaForge should not be giving advice on love it's just a lot and that's the (laughs) sin the sin here is that it's another example of red flags if you're feeling these ways right and you're getting married in your life and you're getting quote-unquote cold feet which basically means your intuition is telling you something is off an obligation will tell you to get married Mm -hmm. don't fucking worry about what everybody else thinks stop don't sign legal documentation binding you to somebody. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, just because you're trying to make everybody else happy and hopefully not be lonely yeah. because you can be lonely in a relationship too. And this is just like the train wreck of all of that coming together. And I'm so, uh, super None of these problems are going to get easier when you're actually married and when you're actually in there. Deal with them now. 
see if they're deal breakers or fuck it don't get married you still fucking love each other jesus christ yeah, anyway yeah. gosh just, dang it just have a consensual sexual relationship love each yeah. other do whatever you want to do i don't know but marriage thing is just like triggering we watched little mermaid recently speaking of marriage yeah, being yeah, triggering. Uh-huh. and i hope this isn't a spoiler for anyone um but in this new iteration they do not they're not racing to get married they're racing to get engaged and Much better. I, it is much better though at least that's a step between like pushing 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 for marriage to just Uh, commitment yes at least it's one step you know (laughs) they're not gonna they're not gonna do a disney movie about (laughs) just a casual relationship for a while but (laughs) teach them young don't institutionalize them from such a young age fuck but yes outdated views towards marriage weddings uncomfortable yeah. yeah And women causing the problems as well. Women getting the cold feet and backing out. Yeah, there we go. Um, All this needed was a bachelor party with strippers and it would have had a lot of the wedding cliches. Fortunately, it's a small portion of the episode. Um, So I'm just going to go with dancing in uniform because like, (laughs) Jesus, Beverly, wear something more breathable. Like that is a terrible dance outfit. And just take your sweaty self back to sick bay and deliver a baby as well. So... That's so funny. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> hey, they move though. Apparently they can. Right. I, it's amazing, especially in TNG, how rarely you see them out of uniform. Even when they're on the fucking holodeck in their leisure time, they are in uniform. We're like, guys, you have other clothing. Amazing. Your turn. Let's see. I wrote down a sin without realizing that Data hadn't said it. Like, when I was watching, I was like, Data asked to learn a wedding dance. Why is Beverly teaching him tap? And I missed that he didn't specify. So that was kind of a fun little payoff for me where I was like, oh, uh, she didn't know. She, it's so, so funny. <laughs> Come on, get back here. I wish that they just... There is another universe where they don't do the slow dance. And at the end of the episode, I when, know. when Data does the first dance with the bride, he's just there tapping. I thought that that <laughs> was what was like, going to happen. I thought that was going to happen. It would be incredible. It would be so great. There was a sin for me there when she says, okay, I'm going to teach you a new dance though. And, and, and he, and she says, this is even more simple. Just do what I do. Yeah. And I'm like, that is not how you teach someone how to. It might be how you teach a robot. Just do what I do. I mean, there are times where she acknowledges he's a robot. And then there's also times when she doesn't, when she's like, wow, you picked this up quick. Yeah, he's a fucking android. No shit. Well, right. But that's, <laughs> my point is, is like, if you show a, a, the android tippity tap your foot like this, then he can kind of recreate that same thing. But mm. just saying, follow my lead. I've never, no one's ever taught me how to dance before. No. Me, me, but me, if me, I but... ever have an instructor say, just do what I do and then start moving me around a room, I'm going to be like, I'm going to need more information than <laughs> yeah. that, which is exactly what happened to Data. So I'm going to step on you. I, I want to send that. That's fair. That's fair. Somehow. Um, I I would kind of sin if I was being really nitpicky that data should download this shit. Like, just download how to dance. It's fine. But I get that he's deliberately doing the interpersonal stuff as well. So I think that would be argumentative enough to cut. But it would be way more more efficient to just download way to dance at a wedding. But then I really (laughs) hope he would get like the dad dance going on. We could do the lead in where where she says lead and he goes where and then the 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 sin could be like to the database. Yes, to, to, to the to computer the where you download the this computer. shit. Yeah. Yes. Come over here. But that That's moment amazing. whenever she says, 
Uh, oh, and then they like kind of get into things. She goes like, "Okay, I'm gonna lead first, and now you lead." They both just slap their hands back together. It's <laughs> yes. really the whole fucking scene is amazing. I want to watch it again. <laughs> yeah, it's really great. Um, speaking of red flags from earlier, um, Riker just getting sexual harassment lawsuits is now canon. Like Data basically says, "I think this is why he's so great at sexual affairs and like romantic." Uh, like i missed romantic- that oh he said this is why he's talking about riker telling a joke and humor and he says i think this is why riker commander riker is so successful at romantic endeavors or affairs or something like that just implying that everyone knows riker fucks <laughs> <laughs> he has a good time with the yeah. ladies he's just seducing mm-hmm. any of the bridge crew that is that is up there and he doesn't have to get married but women do yeah, exactly. He's free to fuck the eighties man. How do they work? How do they work? It still happens today. Anything man. else? Well, right, exactly. Um, I would definitely send Keiko at the very end, who just suddenly drops on data that she's getting married and pretends like he should have known. Oh, all what along. a dick move! It's you need a, to get changed. She's like, he comes in, he says, "I think I should apologize." I mean, I'm updating my protocol here. I think I need to apologize, and she's like, "You don't need to apologize. You need to get dressed for the wedding." And it's like, that's <laughs> just how does anyone communicate in this world you could you could send a message hey uh keiko to data just letting you know i have uh decided to, we're, we're gonna get married so like or or a priority message on your little e- on your little fleet email starfleet email or whatever mm-hmm. but no she waits until it's wedding in two minutes <laughs> data just happens to come apologize about something and she just sort of like oh and by the way is him which is so mm-hmm. stupid and that's a dick move sure. just like yeah, easily communicated. By the way, when this Enterprise gets comm badges, that will be the noise of the internal communication system. It's perfect. Right, that's all of the sins that I've got. Do you have anything else? Nope, that's it. Well, let's quickly look at the predictions that we forgot to, to talk about earlier. Danae did make a couple of predictions. Um, the big prediction was that it would be the wedding of O'Brien. Did you? Did I give that away? Did I let no. that slip at some point? No, I was so shocked. In fact, you can listen to the audio because you're <laughs> editing it. When it got yes. that, point, I was like, I was like, holy shit, I was right. <laughs> I had to keep a poker face on that one. Um, you did, you did great. Because I didn't, I didn't pick up that I was right on that. So that was a surprise to me while That's I was watching amazing. it. That incredible. Yeah, great prediction. Um, it was indeed his wedding. The very specific predictions were: someone is allergic to shellfish. I mean, uh, maybe the ambassador. That's why she melted in the transporter yeah. beam. Shellfish. Maybe that was the goop that was actually on the ground. Was like some sort of shellfish. Mm-hmm. Thing. That, did, that didn't happen. Yeah, nope. Something terrible happens, and Data saves the day. Now, Kinda it wasn't, true. wasn't relating was, to the wedding. But that was non-specific. He did save the day. He did. That is true. It doesn't Half happen every episode. Half a point. Half a point. Everyone gets food poisoning. TBD. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we we don't right. know. Yes. Yep. Uh, all the doors get locked. No one can get to the wedding, and everyone has to wear clothes from the replicator because the replicator is replicating. Didn't happen. Shit. Didn't happen. No, no. Well, we I, definitely I saw wedding garb. The doors locked. We did get to see some formal, like longer coats from. I the, love it. Those were cool. The TNG yeah, like dress those. uniforms are very cool. Yeah, it's like the scant but with trousers. Yeah, it's the scanned wowsers. <laughs> no. Oh my goodness, the scousers. 
it's no scousers is something else that's like that's something wowzers. else in england or it's the wowzers. amazing okay next week we've just got one episode until we do the premiere of strange new worlds and that will be 10 weeks of fucking strange new worlds people let's go so excited um are you okay no are you want this show right now don't you act like you're not excited i'm not excited you are you you are you are so for episode one of season nine of captain's pod which will be all of strange new worlds we're actually going to be broadcasting on thursday instead of friday so this will be the same day that strange new worlds episode one launches so we'll be doing a special premiere stream probably at the same time i think um but we'll we'll confirm that but yeah same day that strange new worlds comes out we will be doing our immediate reactions and just getting excited all over the place with the return of the commodore the commodore the commodore, the commodore 64 because he yep, is 64 yep. every episode after that will be on a friday though it's just the premiere that we're doing on thursdays next week's episode as our last episode it's a bit of a strange one it's one of my favorite episodes um it's called relics um so this is an episode of tng and i don't really want to spoil too much but it does have a link to strange new worlds um so yeah star trek tng relics um and yes join us next week as we review that one um in the meantime thank you for joining us thank you for listening live we'll be back next week 12 30 ish ct on youtube live and twitch but until next week i'm off to chase an untamed ornithoid without cause <laughs> Uh, this is a very complex set of variables to coordinate, Dr. And live long in Potsburg. Thanks for listening. Want to connect with the show? Our hailing frequencies are always open through captainspod at cinemasins.com. Like, comment, and subscribe on your podcast player of choice, and be sure to visit cinemasins.com. It is Chief O'Brien! Holy shit! Captain's Pod, start date 80262... Wait... <laughs> <laughs> are you ready captain yeah no this i am is, i just read that this weird. is a recurring theme yeah with you we we listened to like the test i did like the two years ago whatever we started i did like a test intro for like music and and the the intro to the show and it's so calm and over the last two years it's just devolved into captain's part start eight but it was like really sedate and should i start with that should i open with a more sedate version I mean, I think that the, the audio you're talking about was like, yeah, the test audio that we mm -hmm. did. And yeah, you were really experimenting with what you wanted the intro to sound like at that point. But then the excitement of doing the show took over. I don't think you're going to be able to hold back the excitement personally. No. I think it's just going to bu like bubble out of you. Especially after like three years of not recording live. Okay. <laughs> you okay? How was that right? you want, people? Yeah. That was a lot. Get it. Yeah. I think I need to move the puppy bed because people ain't going to be able to see puppers. Oh, or you could lower your camera. Or you could lower your expectations. Done. <laughs> that was fast. <laughs> Perhaps a little too fast. Okay. <laughs> Slid down that scale a bit too much. Whoops. Let me raise them up 5%. A little too emphatic as well. Like it was instant. <laughs> like, you know what? I was already prepared to lower my expectations. <laughs> Don't know, can you guess how many ships I have waiting for me at home? Six. One two you asked me and you don't even know yeah no because you got it right and i think you got it right but now i'm not sure <laughs> shit it's great when i have these answers ready to go hang on a minute let me have a look order updates captain's pod start date. he doesn't know what the fuck he's doing
I have 10 ships waiting for me. <laughs> wow. Uh, okay. I'm so, so excited. I, this started nearly three months ago and I haven't been able to touch any of them. Question though, because, and this is, this is not something that you have to, to share right now because mm-hmm. this might be too much. Mm-hmm. This might hurt a little bit too much. Where are you going to put them? <sighs> Those of us who have watched you stream, we know that you have very minimal space on yeah. the shelf behind you. I think that bookcase... So the problem with that bookcase is that it doesn't have enough shelves. So the spacing that is there is the spacing I have to deal with unless I go and buy some more shelves. So I think I may have to... I think what I'm going to do is take that bookcase apart and then just attach those shelves to the wall. So cut up like the side, the top, the bottom, and just have them in the wall like that. So in order to shelve these... 10 additional ships yes. you're going to completely take apart a perfectly fine bookcase mm-hmm. so that you mm-hmm. can use the side pieces as yes. additional storage when you say it like that it sounds ridiculous <laughs> all i did was repeat back what you said <laughs> no, you said it in a really like so what you're gonna do you're gonna kill everyone and use their bones to display your ships you said it like i was a sociopath what's funny in my my parents were like, I because I've bought them over the space of like three months. They've all gone to my parents' address while I've been over here. So I was like, how are my models? Are they good? Are they like in a safe space? And they're like, they've downsized because they don't have anyone living with them anymore. Like anybody, it's just them two. So they've downsized to a smaller property to like make the most of that that retirement money. Um, so it's like, we don't have space for them. They're in the, the attic. They are upstairs in the attic, and I'm like, okay. Like, what did you? What do you want them to be? Like, cuddled on the couch in their boxes? They have, they have a couch that they barely use. They just put it on there, just like I don't know, in the kitchen somewhere that it's that it's safe. Mm. Where the TV Mm. should be, they should they should put the TV in the attic, and then just look at my ships in their boxes because I don't want them to open them. Mm. Okay, okay. I'm a great son. I feel like the next time we talk about this, you're going to say, you know what? I decided not to do all of that. Instead, I'm buying a bigger house. Yeah. <laughs> I'm buying a five-bedroom house. Three bedrooms will be for my models. My uh, family are collectors, potentially borderline hoarders. And I have heard many times that, oh, I'll just put it in my storage unit. Because mm-hmm. like, you can't even enjoy what you've, no. What you have because it does it can't go It's blocked by other things. In your life. I feel like the future of you, like sixty year old Ian, <laughs> is gonna live in a house where in every room hanging from the ceiling, fully uh, just ships everywhere. I mean, you say Which that, could look kinda cool. Yeah, I was gonna say you were saying that as if it would be a bad thing. That sounds like my perfect house. That sounds incredible. <laughs> my birthday was a couple of weeks ago and people always ask me like what do you want for your birthday and i'm like not much a batleth would be great like a real to scale batleth and they're like well what else do you want no 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 that's that's the one thing i, I would like please and i haven't they're like one yet. i'm just not comfortable purchasing a weapon yeah. for you <laughs> i'm not comfortable purchasing a three foot serrated blade <laughs> so i have the situation now i'm gonna keep it PG-13. <laughs> None of this story isn't PG-13, <laughs> don't worry. A, this is such a bad lead-up to a story. <laughs> like, I should be banned. Um, So, my toilet seat, not like the porcelain base, 
but the seat on top where you where you put your bum has come loose off of the base and because i am just assuming that i'm i have the internal fortitude the uh, core muscles necessary to sit on it and keep it steady and mm-hmm. balance and do all the things that one must do as a woman it's core training it is like a slip and slide meets toilet experience <laughs> part of me loves it it's like oh this is new i've been going to the bathroom the same way for far too long why not add a little extra level of excitement and the other part of me is like prepared to call <laughs> for help when I fall into the toilet because it's going to happen like either that or I'm going to slide directly off of it and then mm-hmm, into that mm-hmm. little tiny space between the toilet and the wall that everybody has. Like I'm going to be crammed in there. Yeah. Just so, fold it. Just find you fold it up. <laughs> Just help. I have to get a new one. I have to get a new one. Oh, and then there's also I have to like uh, put barriers in front of the toilet so that Iris doesn't forget. That it's not an appropriate <laughs> you, you toilet lose. to use because you Iris know I lose her. She'd just be gone. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. she doesn't have the fortitude and the and the core strength that her mother does. Here's a question: Why don't we just make the toilet bowl the size of the toilet seat? Why do we need toilet seats? Why not just make the bowl something you can sit on? This is a really great question. I'm sure it's been answered before with just a lid. Like you can still have a lid on there, but you lift the lid up and just sit directly on the toilet. I mean, it's a really great question. Here is the trivia um, mm. for you guys today. We all know that one of Captain Picard's catchphrases is make it so. However, do any of you know where aboard the Enterprise he first says it? <clears throat> and I'm going to say it's in the loo. <laughs> make it so. Uh, plop. Make it so. <laughs> Hopefully he has an attached seat to his toilet. If you have to, yeah, uh huh. If you have to convince it to to, to like just make it so, seek medical attention. Uh, Nick says, "Sin data is not Google Chrome. Data does not have incognito mode." Hey, data, maybe go tell the captain of the ambassador's search history. I agree with you a little bit. I think if he believed that she was lying, and I think mm-hmm. he thought that she was testing his system, but maybe he should have had some sort of like. Somebody tried to access this file. You need to know about that. Because he did give her an out. He did say, I yeah. am supposed to tell somebody if you go for this. But I and- think even asking for it should trigger yeah. that. Like, even even if you don't give it over, it should already go to the captain. And maybe it, maybe it did. And maybe he's just like, yeah, no, that makes sense. I buy her reasoning. Well, I would absolutely put that joke in the script, though, of the ambassador clearly forgot to put her android into incognito mode. I like Because that. that's just like a couple levels of, of funny in there. Here's another one from Nick. Data, look up how to dance on the internet. You don't need Dr. Beverly. Nope, that was nope. Ian's point, true. Straight yeah. to porn as well. You just look up dancing on the internet. You'll get, you'll get porn. The way I search for it, anyway. Next. <laughs> I want to, right now, live, search for the word dancing where you all can see my screen yeah. because it will come up with dancing, Ian. It won't be long until you find something sexual. On page 700, how long are you oh, looking for Oh, how little porn? you know the internet. Uh, Nick says, I love that this was Keiko's introduction. Like, where did she come from? We never actually get her backstory. How does she know Data better than O'Brien? The both were on the ship from day one. I didn't know this was her introduction. Uh, this is the first episode with Keiko. Yeah, correct. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> no, it's wild. Well, that's a sin too then. Right? There's literally nothing before this. She's called her... F- he, she's calling him father. Yeah. 
let me let me confirm. I mean, a little backstory would be nice. I believe Nick. I do believe Nick. It's data. It is data's day. It's so funny. It is jarring as heck, especially the thing like how has he known Keiko longer? Like how did they know each other before the, the ship? Off the ship? There's literally no explanation for this. No, 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 none at all. Keiko just appears. Is data's daughter? That's mind-boggling. That's so stupid. I mean, you guess you just have to accept it. I suppose it was such an important. Oh my god, that that's bothering me. <laughs> Sorry. No, no, no. Did I you just honestly choose? forgot. I oh, forgot okay. this was her first episode, genuinely, because well, thank you for bringing it up. It doesn't make sense that it is, but it is. Oh, I watch these out of order so really much; upsetting. it just blends together. Uh, Slab says this has one of the best dumb quotes in Trek. Some days you get the bear. Some days the bear gets you. It's true. Just true. Come on, facts. I don't even. If you live in the woods, yeah. <laughs> what a weird quote for space, anyway. Why are we talking about bears? Yeah, bears in space. Hey, you it find a bear like, in space, you fucking run. <laughs> that bear like, is like, is on it. Someday the asteroid gets you. Like, it should be something space related, not bear related. Especially, so does every planet have bears? <laughs> How is this the quote Apparently that's so. made it? <laughs> yeah. This, yeah, this is the quote that has survived 300 years into the future. Ian is on to something here. The town I live in has a population of Chexa Google, 1,580, and I've never seen a chess tournament there. Thank you. Let alone two. Can you imagine two individual chess tournaments for a population of 1,000 people? One for the adults and one for the children. I don't know why this is so confusing. No. Nick mentions a terrible track record for transporters regarding Vulcan ambassadors. Something about an extremely oh, gruesome motion yeah. picture moment. So it's not an ambassador. It's the first officer of the Enterprise, Spock's replacement. It's so random. At the beginning of the motion picture, they beam over, like the, the Enterprise is in the middle of a refit. They beam over this Vulcan first officer and he dies in agony. Like the transporter scene goes on for like 30 seconds and he gets like, he screams, gets turned into goo. And then when... They cancel it and beam him back to the starbase. Kirk says, "Like, did the did the did the did the person make it?" And the reply is, "Whatever made it back didn't live long, which means it lived a little bit to scream in agony and then die." And that's their way of getting Spock back onto the ship. So yeah, bad track record for Vulcans and um, <laughs> for Vulcans and transporters. I was about to say Tuvok has has a pretty traumatic. Um, transporter incident as well but the less said about that the better let's go ahead and answer this question did everybody get your guesses in yeah i think I, so josh said picard first says make it so on deck 14 section 5 nick says in the shuttle bay everyone else says they don't know because it's very very specific now jcd has been wrong in the past but i think he is right on this occasion um it happens in encounter at farpoint so episode one is a very very safe bet and apparently it happens on the battle bridge. Um, he says, make it so to like when they're separating for the first time. So it's fairly, fairly early on. So yeah, that makes sense. I'm happy to, I'll accept that as the correct answer. I Should think that's right. Poop deck. Should it would be on TV. Poop. I mean, <laughs> Josh says, I did also say the stargazer. Yes, he probably said it on board the stargazer, his first command, but that didn't happen on screen. So, um, let's go through some other stuff that you absolutely loved about the episode. Give me some moments. Okay, I will. Because that's what I can do because I'm fully prepared for that conversation. And you're definitely not going to have to edit around this. Oh, no. 
definitely not going to have to do that. Nope, not even a little bit. Um, so we, for the very, very special premiere episode of season nine of Captain's Pod, which is... <laughs> Sorry, I'll have to redo that now. Scantaloons <laughs> wins the day. Peeny in the chat says Scantaloons. Scantaloons, <laughs> that's, that's the new formal dress. <laughs> oh my God, I want a Scantaloons so bad. Scantaloon me, baby. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, <clears throat> sorry, you were saying, Captain. I'm so sorry. Incredible. 